Kimo Marriott, welcome to the Build Your Base podcast. Very happy to get you on the show and thank you for joining us. Awesome. Yeah, good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. So we are going to go through a few different topics, which we're going to split into a few different episodes. Today, I want to find out a little bit more about Kimo Marriott, the man, where he came from, his story, to tell us a little bit about where you are from and how you originally got into the fitness industry. So I am from um, Leicestershire, a town called Loughborough. Well, I've always been active, so went to the gym at school, started at 16 to help with my rugby. After that, went to university, studied politics, philosophy and economics. Thought I'd do a personal training qualification as a backup, did it, ended up being my career. Why didn't you get into politics and economics? So I did initially want to be a banker. So I did do an internship in a bank uh, called JP Morgan in the city. Three months of that, realised that that was not me at all. <laughs> realised after a week, to be honest. So the next 11 weeks weren't the best. <laughs> but yeah, so that's basically, after that I just decided I needed to pursue something different already had the passion in fitness so that's what led me to do the qualification after that. Any regrets not going the banking route? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how from getting into the fitness industry you found your way to Bangkok. Bangkok so I came traveling here back in I think 2009 for the first time but that was just you know the, the typical tourist trail but was also, was also intrigued because um, I knew of there being an industry out here in Bangkok. So actually what happened was I went travelling again in 2012, uh, went to Melbourne, lived there for a year, and then whilst I was in Melbourne, came here on holiday and actually properly discovered Bangkok. Uh, saw a few cool cool gyms that were here and then um, started to sort of pursue moving out here. So a couple of months actually I started to inquire in some gyms and then ended up moving here in 2013, November 2013, and then stayed here for a year working in the industry. Then left back in 2014, back in London for two years, but always missed Bangkok. Bangkok always felt very like home to me. Um, so two years later, moved back, and now here I am after another two and a half years. So after working in one of the premier fitness markets in the world, which is London, how did you first view the Bangkok fitness industry and how have you seen it develop and how would you say it compares to the London fitness industry? With gyms such as, you know, at the time it was the Lavenue Moves, they were very movement focused, which was what I was into at the time. So I actually thought when I moved here that in that sense it was actually a lot more advanced and also more advanced in the terms of the, the gyms are just so much better, like you get so much more base for your money and the gyms are bigger, the boutique gyms are bigger, they, mm. they look better, felt better. So at that time I was actually kind of surprised that, you know, it felt like they were doing something a little bit more unique and advanced than other gyms in London, which, you know, there's just so many people just doing so many different things there and there's nothing that really stood out in terms of there being anything like more specialized or focused. So I think that was, you know, the surprising difference for me that here actually in some ways seems a little bit more advanced than it did in London. Okay, and how would you say the industry now compares to London here in Bangkok? The industry now, it's obviously a lot smaller, less influencer driven. That's <laughs> definitely a thing Is that a good in thing? London. I, I I think so, yeah, I think so. Um, although you like to call me a bona fide, <laughs> bona fide influencer, I do think that is a good thing. There's a lot more premium offerings though in London. 
So there's less premium offerings here. For example, at the higher end of the market, you get, you know, just personal training only gyms, which I've worked in. And people are definitely willing to spend a lot more on their health and fitness, I think, in London. And yeah, people are willing to, you know, do things like have live-in trainers, for example, that sort of thing. So people are willing to spend more, I think, mm -hmm. on their health and fitness in London, on more you know, people get, go to Europe to get specific tests done or whatever, mm. work with certain nutritionists, have a lot of specialists that they work with, which isn't the case so much in Bangkok at the, at the moment, but could change. How long have you been a fitness coach for? Nine years, 10 years, 2010. So yeah, 10 years. Okay. Yeah, so a yeah. decade in the fitness industry, yeah. you've worked with many different types of clients. I think when you have years in the fitness industry, you really start to refine what your method and what your training philosophy is. Mm. Tell the listeners a bit more about what is your training philosophy. My main things are, have always been exploring movement, expressing athleticism, just because I've had quite an athletic background. So I've been very much influenced by learning about movement, biomechanics, that sort of thing. And I do think in general, it's good for us as humans to learn to move in different ways. But at the same time, it's important to, you know, get strong, get lean and, you know, have like a good body composition as well. I, I think now it's been become even more refined. So I'm definitely more about calisthenics, but I'm still very passionate about movement. I was very influenced by Edo Portal. Mm. There was a period where I went to Israel oh, wow. um, and trained with some of his students, uh, which was really cool. So learning all the lizard crawls, mm. that sort of thing. Very cool stuff. And he did a lot of gymnastics. So that's that's how I got into the sort of gymnastics and calisthenics as well. If someone wants to come and train with me now, it'll definitely be more about strength and gymnastics as opposed to all the funky movement type stuff. But that is definitely stuff that I would like to progress to with most of my clients at some point once they've got their strength and body awareness down. I think body composition is important. It's good reflection of your health well-being and so getting people to you know lose weight feel good about themselves feel more confident is definitely um, a key part of my philosophy so I think everything basically channels down to how can you feel your best about yourself how can you feel as confident about yourself as possible and the way to do that is through strength calisthenics movement what role does nutrition play in that and how do you inspire your clients to kind of take the right nutritional approach? Yeah, so nutrition is definitely something that I think is really important, um, something that I focus on. So I obviously did my um, nutrition coaching qualification with Precision Nutrition. That's like a big part of what I do. It plays a big role because most of your aesthetic results do come down to that. But also how you perform obviously comes down to that as well. Personally, I'm a vegan. A lot of people do know that, but it's something that I don't really publicize because I don't think it's like necessary to do. I don't think everyone should be a vegan. When it comes to coaching nutrition, I'm all about teaching people habits for the long term because it's easy to give someone like a 12-week program for nutrition and they follow it to the letter. But if you do follow a program to the letter, after those 12 weeks, you've not learned the skills that you need to maintain for you know five to ten years. So those will be like eating slowly, knowing when you're full, learning not to overeat, knowing exactly what to eat, why you're eating it, those sorts of things. And so my nutrition practice is all about, or coaching is all about teaching people those habits to make sure that they can do things for five to 10 years. Mm. So I'd always say to a client, look, 
I don't actually care where you are in 12 weeks. Like you, you will make some progress. You might not lose, you know, three to five kilograms in those weeks, which will make for a good headline. But five to 10 years, you will be a lot leaner. You'll be feeling better and you'll be able to sustain it. And I think that's way more important than like a rapid transformation. Do you find it's hard sometimes to get clients to commit to the idea of a five to 10 year plan? Now that I always ask that question, no, because, you know, I, I did have a client the other day say to me, where will I be in three months? And I said, well, if you do, you know, if you train the minimum three times a week and if you do 80% adherence to your habits, which I give them based on what we're working on at the time, you, you will get some progress. But I always say, look, if in three months you've lost five kilograms, great. But if in a year you've put all that back on because that plan was actually really, really hard for you to stick to psychologically like you did it but it was actually a challenge is there any point no there isn't so let's actually do let's take this long-term view because ultimately this is about you feeling good and living longer rather than you looking good and feeling good in like three months time which will be very short-lived do you think that process that you go through with new clients kind of helps you understand whether you can help them or not and whether it's a good kind of coach client fit yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely say all of this to manage those expectations. Yeah. I mean, you know, I probably wouldn't be the best person to work with a physique competitor because that is all about, you know, going through these very rigid um, dietary protocols or, or maybe even someone working towards, you know, like if someone wants to get super in shape for their wedding or something like that. Even though actually one of my best transformations was someone getting ready for a wedding, at this point in my career, it probably wouldn't be something that I'd be like too, you know, um, passionate about helping. It would be more, you know, I'd, I'd say to them, look, the process is long, slow, but sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I, I, I want you to feel great in five to 10 years, not just in three months time. Mm -hmm. Even though they will feel better, it's not like nothing happens in that time. They will, will feel better. But yeah, I think the long-term view is the best. That's good. And I think by stating that at the beginning of the relationship, it helps you work with the kind of people that you want to work with mm. and you can genuinely help. What other kinds of clients do you like working with? You know, who do you enjoy most training and kind of getting results for? It's a tough one. Like, weirdly, because I do market mainly towards guys, but most of my clients have definitely been women throughout my whole career and I do definitely enjoy enjoy working with with women I've done my pre and postnatal qualification but I do think I, th I think guys who want to get in better shape and learn calisthenics are now the guy the people that I want to work with anyone who's passionate about you know calisthenics is good people who want to you know feel a lot more confident about themselves that's good so usually my target market now is like 25 to 30 four-year-old guys who just want to look good, feel strong, and improve their confidence. Mm. And then when you look at the kind of clients that you want to work with, or the ones that have got the best results, what kind of common traits do you see in those clients? They definitely don't have those unrealistic expectations. So it's usually a long-term view, which is great. And they're usually willing to put in the work and be consistent. So if I say you've got to do this three times a week, train three times a week, they do. Mm -hmm. They stick to that. They find the time. They prioritize that because um, it's just a case of just blocking out an hour of your day, you know, three times a week. Mm -hmm. So so they do that. They schedule that. So that's one of the things that you do to help them stay on track. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In terms of nutrition, so the contact outside of sessions is the most important thing, I think. So when it comes to my nutritional coaching, I set up 20-minute calls outside 
of the session to talk specifically about that. And then we can talk about other things as well. But that's also really good as well. The clients who take advantage of that, and I try and insist that they do, to do that 20-minute call to you know recap on everything are the ones so the ones who communicate with me the ones who are willing to invest in the process are usually the ones that get the results if you're not training consistently if you're not communicating with me consistently or you're just going for short bursts dropping out going for short bursts they're usually the ones who don't get the best results Mm -hmm. but the ones who are always communicating always there three times a week doing the work are the ones who get the best they get stronger they get leaner they feel the best and that's what it's all about. I think as coaches, we've all had those clients that have just made that big decision to make strong, positive change, right? And those are always the best, easiest clients to work with, I think. How can we as coaches help those ones that just maybe aren't quite there? They still have some doubts in their mind. They're still maybe making a few excuses. What can we do to kind of push them over the line? Hmm. I mean, it all comes down to that individual themselves. So just find out what the barriers are at the moment, why they don't quite want to commit yet. Sometimes like, you know, if you're, if if you're, for example, overweight, you just got to say to yourself, look, do you, what's more important for you at the moment? Like carrying on eating those tasty meals that you, that are adding to your weight or actually taking charge, learning what you need to do to get out of your patterns that aren't serving you well at the moment and that's what we as coaches do we can find out what those self-limiting patterns are talk to them about it try and get on their level and try and find ways to strategize so that they can start to make those positive changes that they need but you know I believe that everyone does need a coach in some capacity whether it's with for fitness whether it's for you know other hobbies it's really important to find someone who can help you uh, to keep you motivated, to give you direction. Otherwise, you know, it's a it's a minefield of information out there. And working with a coach who has, like, you know, a clear vision for you and who can try and get on your level and understand you is really, really important. How important as a coach is mindset compared to programming? Mindset is very, very important. Like, you can have a very good program, but if your client finds it hard to follow that program for whatever reason you need to dig in and find out what those you know I guess emotional drivers could be Um, so that's really important I mean for calisthenics when I'm coaching calisthenics this is definitely like a a factor it's not just a case of do your reps to your sets there's your handstand (laughs) like there's a there's a lot of steps in between so I've I've got an online client at the moment who I've had to completely change his program just for this last block because it has been a bit too focused on volume sets, etc. And I've just been, for this block, I'm, he's got the strength, he's got the power. Now it is actually more of a mindset thing and to get used to the, to the skill and to, to shift his focus away from the reps and sets to more body awareness. Mm. And with that comes the nutrition as well. Are you eating the right things? Are you sleeping? Um, are you doing all of these things outside of the session that actually ensures that you get the most from your program? And is that program right for you at the moment? Maybe it's not. Maybe we need to tweak that away from sound scientific principles just to make this a little bit more easier and manageable for you. And then again, there's so many different ways in which you can program based on that. Like I said, it's not just reps and sets. When it comes to skill development, you've actually got to add a lot of variety to movements. You've got to find like smart cues to give to people that can help them get into a, a movement. And that's really important with calisthenics because 
people do so many different things to get to the skill. It's a lot easier with like deadlifting or squatting, for example. These are a lot more simple movements to program and find cues for. But when it comes to, you know, calisthenics, I, I find that that's the biggest challenge for me. Beyond the reps and sets, how can I get them to understand and feel the, the, the way that I want them to feel the movement should be? A lot goes into coaching, right? You know, you can get a program anywhere, you can get a cheap program online, or you can follow YouTube. But I think what you just said there really highlights the role that we play as coaches and making sure that that person gets results and they do this in a way that's going to work for yeah. them. Finally, Kimo, what would you say are the highlights of your coaching career highlights so far, coaching first 10 career. years? First 10 years. I think definitely in London. So when I basically I left one of my gyms to just go, um, or not my gym, but a gym I worked for, I went freelance and decided I was just going to set up shop in Mayfair. Zero clients. I was in Mayfair, probably like one of the most competitive parts in London. But I think, yeah, the highlight was I went from within 18 months, zero clients to five really good clients, which was all I needed because I was charging a premium. And also had clients who um, I was lucky enough to travel with and some clients who sort of flew me out to places as well. So the highlights were definitely, yeah, going from zero to having really good high net worth clients who were tagging me along with their lifestyle. That was really cool. Coaching highlights in Bangkok? Coaching highlights in Bangkok. But I've had some really good clients in Bangkok. I'm really enjoying some nutritional coaching that I'm doing at the moment with, with Tara. He's really getting involved with that and getting some good results, changing habits. In fact, my, yeah, I'd say my nutritional coaching at the moment, which has really developed, has been really helped with getting clients to change their habits and see things in a different way and make some positive changes. Not necessarily to their body composition yet, I know that's coming, but they're, they're doing the right things in terms of they're now eating slower, they're not snacking so much, and these are their main concerns, which will now lead to them getting into fantastic shape. I think for nutrition, mindset is hugely important, right? Mm. It's not just giving them you know, foods to eat or a meal plan. It's a lot more than that, I think, and that's where I think a lot of people struggle with nutrition. So great to see that you've been getting results for your clients by helping them work on that. Kimo, thank you very much for joining us. I do really appreciate it. Thank we will you. get you back on the podcast soon to talk all about calisthenics. Amazing. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Jack. Cheers, Kimo.